Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tron Conquest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz. Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the TalkHouse Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. On this week's episode, we've got a pair of songwriters who are meeting for the first time, which we haven't had in an episode in quite a while. Martin Courtney and Tim Darcy. Until recently, Darcy was the frontman of the band Ought, that's O-U-G-H-T, which released three fantastic, brainy art punk albums from their home base of Montreal, despite the fact that Darcy is, in fact, secretly American. Ott split up pre-pandemic, but that wasn't really public news until the announcement of the existence of his new band, Cola, which he started just a couple of years ago along with Ott bassist Ben Stidworthy and Weather Station U.S. Girls drummer Evan Cartwright. Just last month, Cola released their debut album, Deep in View, and it feels like a sort of back-to-basics take on their old band, but still fresh and exciting. Darcy is a guy who takes his lyrics seriously, and though he clearly had a great time making the record, there's a darkness to it that recalls the best post-punk and trebly art rock of the past 40 years, from Talking Heads to Parquet Courts. Here's a little bit of the song Degree from Deep in View. Martin Courtney is the singer and guitarist of Real Estate, the New Jersey-born band that has released five albums of songs that battle gently the urges toward pop song structure and a slight psychedelic haze. Now, Real Estate had particularly bad timing luck with regard to that worldwide pandemic, releasing an album just weeks before the world shut down, resulting naturally in canceled tours and other plans. Instead of diving into another Real Estate album during the lockdown, Courtney decided to take a path of less resistance and record his second solo album. As he jokes in this conversation, most solo albums tend to be an excuse for an artist to indulge their more out-there impulses, but his impulses tend to lead him back toward more structured pop songs. He came up with a killer batch for this record, which is called Magic Sign. Here's a little bit of Corn Cob from that new record, which, by the way, comes out June 24th. As I said earlier, Darcy and Courtney hadn't met before this chat, but that doesn't stop them from getting into a great conversation. They talk about how podcasts might be boring and how that's okay. Not sure I agree with that. They get into Courtney's slight sense of disillusionment with music in general. Then they bring it back to creative desires. They are both guys itching with ideas and ready to get them out to the world. And as fate would have it, both are going to be touring this summer, God willing. So get out there and see them. But first, check out this chat. Hey man, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. Where where are you right now? I'm actually in Cape Cod. Uh, my mom lives here, and uh, I'm just taking the opportunity to visit before I head up to Montreal to practice with Ben and Evan before we start our cola tour for the new record. This is our first real tour. We did like two shows last fall, and uh, yeah, everything else has been canceled or rescheduled because of COVID stuff. Are you from Massachusetts originally? 
I grew up in New Hampshire. Yeah. So that's, that's where my mom lived there until pretty recently. Like Cape Cod's in Massachusetts, right? I like, don't know like New England at all, which is, I don't even, anyway. In upstate New York now? Is that what Trevor told me? I live in the same town as, as Trevor from your late. Okay. Uh, for the listeners at home, Trevor runs Fire Talk Records. Yeah. Who put out my band Cola's record and he's a friend of Martin's. He's a friend of yours, right? Yeah. I've known him for years and it was, yeah, like his old band Woodsman used to, we played many shows together with real estate. And then I think they all were living together at some point in like Denver or something. And we stayed at their house on probably one of our first tours. So over, over a decade ago. So I've known him for a long time. And then randomly he was like, uh, I think you live in the same town as me. Like, so we've been hanging out a little bit. Um, yeah, good, good dude. Okay, so you're from New Hampshire, but you guys are, you're like a Canadian band, kind of. Yeah, so I grew up in New Hampshire, and then I went to school in Montreal and uh, met the guys in the band that I formed, like, while I was in university called Ott. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we toured that project for a long time. Right after college? Yeah, like the year after we graduated. Yeah. Uh, we put out, a, like, our first full-length record and started touring. And yeah, that band broke up in 2018. And now I've got this new band, Cola, with Ben, who is the bassist in Ott. And then our, our friend Evan Cartwright, who's like a, it's like a session drummer, jazz drummer, and pal from Toronto. So yeah, still like kind of firmly Canadian roots. Yes, I was, yeah, secretly American. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I put out a record with Jag Jaguar, which is like on, it's like part of the secretly Canadian family. Right. Like, so there was always some part of that that was kind of inherently funny because they're like an extremely American label. They're in like Bloomington, Indiana or whatever, for some reason called Secretly Canadian. And I'm like secretly American. That's not a bad way to be, I think. <laughs> and you're li- you you live in Canada, right? Uh, I actually, I'm living in Los Angeles right now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's like a new, a pretty new thing. Um, but my partner's fully Canadian. And I'm, I'm a permanent resident. So yeah, the band is based in Montreal. Like we, we do all of our practices and stuff there. Anyways, this is all, I don't know, like maybe boring logistical stuff. <laughs> well, you know, that's what a podcast is really, I think. Like it, it can generally, I don't know. I love, it's fine if it's boring. Like, I, or I, I find when I'm listening to podcasts, like you're just listening to people talk. It's like, it's le- it's sometimes it's not even really about what they're talking about. It's something to keep you company. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Doing other tasks. So hopefully we make good background conversation for some. Yeah. For some people who are in traffic, mm-hmm. you know, like chopping an onion. Yep. I was just mowing the lawn just now, listening to your record, <laughs> being like, this is the dumbest. Like, I always think I want to, I want to listen to music when I'm mowing the lawn. I'm like, oh, this is like some great me time, like a good 45 minutes to like, you know, listen to some music. And then it's like, you can't hear anything. All I can hear is like the drums and then the lawnmower engine. But I was going to say the drumming on your record is great. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense that, that your drummer is like a, has like jazz roots. We were like really thrilled to start writing with him. And he was there from like the very beginning. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking about like, I remember being like a teenager and trying to listen to music while mowing the lawn and that just being like a, a nearly impossible task. I've actually been trying to do this thing more recently where I'm like much more intentional with my music listening. Cause I've, I've found like, you know, I didn't have a smartphone for a long time. And then I think, I think I got one in like 2015 and you know, my relationship to music is, uh, it's totally changed. And, uh, so yeah, I don't know for the last month or so, I've been trying to like, like not just listen to music when I'm like wandering around, like I'll do this dumb thing where I'll like put a record on and then I have like 
I don't even like have headphones on. Sometimes I'll just like have my phone in my back pocket and it's just kind of like spraying music into the air. So I've tried to carve out some time where I sit down and like listen to an album all the way through and like, just don't do anything else. And that's been really nice. It's funny that you, you mentioned like getting a smartphone coinciding with a like decline in, in like kind of intentional music listening. Cause I've noticed that over the last probably 10 years and like that, like, I mean, I still like can, I get really excited about new music, but like not as often as I once did when I was, you know, younger. And I I feel like there's like a number of reasons for that. I kind of chalked it up to like, well, like I'm getting older. It was sad. I was like, I'm like, do I just, am I just not like a fan of music anymore in the same way that I was like when I was like in high school and like even in college, like when like, I just like wanted to go see bands all the time. I got an iPhone and I also started real estate <laughs> right around the same time. Uh, not obviously completely unrelated things, but um, like <laughs> being in a band and touring, it changed my relationship to music in a way, because especially after I made like a few records and I was like, I don't know, like it did, it did like, this isn't to say that I like music less or anything like that I, I am still like it's such an important part of my life obviously I don't even know if I'm able to put this into words but that feeling of like now that I do it and I have like have like met all these bands that I used to be you know fan like a fan of and like I've I've gotten to kind of like become a part of like this scene that I used to just be a fan of changed the way I saw it. Like it kind of, it took a little bit of the magic away, I guess. It's like you, you once you realize like, it's just a normal thing. I think I end up just uh, getting down on myself just in general all the time about everything. <laughs> like if you don't write a song for a long enough time, I don't know if you've ever felt this, like if you're busy making a record or touring and you go into like a, a non-writing mode, which is like, I kind of dip in and out of I'll like write big batches of songs and then make the record and then tour. And I try to stay on top of, you know, keeping ideas flowing and playing guitar and like trying to, you know, just record voice memos of ideas just to keep things going. But like if, if a long enough time elapses where I haven't been productive, I'll be, I'll be like, Oh, that's it. Like I'm done. There's no more songs left, you know? And then you write one and it's like the best feeling in the world. You know, when, when you write a song and you're excited again, I dip in and out of being jaded and being like extremely just you know excited about music i would imagine for you like being in a new project is is probably keeping it pretty exciting and like going on tour for the first time with like this new group i would imagine that's an exciting thing yeah you know so what's that saying like sometimes a change is as good as a rest or something like that i feel like we kind of had change and rest because of covid but um yeah i don't know i mean here you talk like it also it makes me think of there's a like john kale quote he's like you are what you do every day i remember reading some interview with him where he said that and I sort of haunted and inspired by that. <laughs> I have a very full and active life, like outside of music. I have three kids. So yeah. So if I'm not, if I don't actively like sit down, you know, a couple times a week and try and write songs and stay on top of, and, you know, and also like I've got a record coming out, like I, but if I don't make it happen and make it a part of my life, it's partially on me to keep it going, but it's, it's also has a life of its own. But like, it's easy to yeah to sort of redefine who you are especially like after when covid hit and like i we were real estate put a record out like three weeks before the you know lockdown and everything so we were supposed to do all this touring in 2020 and then obviously all that got canceled and (laughs) yeah it was a weird re 
defining of like it like in my head like who you know who am i if i don't like have all these tours and shows to look forward to like to you know like you know i guess who i am now is like uh, a dad you know <laughs> like and that's cool and that's what i was before and I, I you know but it's like it became a bigger part of my life and music became a smaller part of my life for like a, a certain amount of time until i was like that i can't let that happen and then you know decided to make a record but yeah something i read about you guys was like you you started that this group right before covid or something like that like sim- similarly like it, it was kind of a stumbling block for you guys but how did you get to the point where like you knew you'd be able to make a record were you guys living close together we were split between montreal and toronto which is like it's like a six-hour drive it's like normally like totally doable and um you know especially for canada that's pretty close <laughs> but yeah i mean we got together that we had like one in-person practice where, I mean, kind of on the success of that, we felt like it was a collaboration that we wanted to continue. I had planned to go to Montreal and do some writing with Ben. And I think that was in February. And he was like in New Orleans, like hanging out at a bar. And I talked to him on the phone and he was like, totally, man, like can't wait, you know? And then like 24 hours later, he was like, I don't know if I'm going to get on a plane to be able to get home. And the day after that, we talked on the phone. And it was like, oh, so I guess this is just on pause for the foreseeable future. It was like that abrupt. It's like, I think I was still on Twitter at the time. So I was like seeing certain things that were kind of like, it seemed like really smart people were talking about preparing for the worst or whatever. So I was, <laughs> I remember like going to the grocery store. I feel like this is maybe we're venturing into something that's just like, something that the person chopping an onion does not want to hear about right now but like i remember going to a grocery store and like buying some like canned shit nobody else was doing that and then i went in the next day to just some like normal grocery shopping and there were like a thousand people in there like buying toilet paper or whatever i remember hearing one of the staff being like is this because of that tom hanks thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyways i mean we were just kind of in kind of panic mode or whatever so we didn't like make a plan to write over the internet yet because we were like yeah like we'll just like chill out for a couple months and then start it up again. And then once we realized it wasn't going anywhere, we we totally switched to writing online. And I had never done anything like that before, especially in like a rock band context. And that was a big, a big change, but we ended up really liking it. Like we do this thing where like every Friday we sent each other a song. So I don't know, having that kind of deadline and motivation was like a really nice way to write. Yeah. That's, uh, the Friday thing is that's super smart. Like that's a good way to do it. Cause like otherwise things tend to get drawn out with real estate. Like, I mean, it takes forever to do anything, you know? I mean, cause similarly, like we're, we're all spread out across the country. So setting goals, small goals to work towards a larger goal is always a good idea, but like that, yeah, that's, that's a good way to do it. Like when you're, when you're making a remote record, the idea of like having to re reshape what the project is like, I kind of went through that majorly too, like, because we couldn't tour I was just like, you know, distraught for a little while. And then I was like, if we can't tour this year, like maybe maybe we should just make another record like this fall, you know, like let's just write a ton of songs. And like, you know, I'm sure by like October, November, we'll be able to like get together. You know, little did we know. I was like, it'll be over by then. I was also on Twitter seeing the people saying the scary things. And I was just like, I'm not going to think about that or listen to that. Me and Alex, the bass player in real estate, we were in Mexico City like the week before, like the second week of March 2020. Like we flew home. He ended up flying home early because 
of the like European uh, travel ban that Trump put into effect. Like he freaked out. He's like, we're not gonna be able to get home. And I was like, I'm going to just wait this out. He was more in tune with it. And I remember him saying specifically, like, I think it's a pretty bad time to be in the like bringing a lot of people together business. It was too much for me to, to process. But anyway, we, um, yeah, we we're like, all right, we'll just make a record. Uh, and I started writing a ton of songs and the fall arrived and, uh, and it was like, we were no closer to making any plans to get together because obviously we couldn't because notion of getting on a plane and, you know, getting together with five people somewhere like was like completely alien and like felt impossible. So I was like, all right. And even if we did, and then I, my whole thing was like, okay, so even if we could make a record right now, like, I don't want to put all this effort into, to, you know, making a record with real estate, which like, it's, it's a lot of, you know, emotional work the collaborative aspect of making a record with this band is like it's amazing and it's it's like it's what makes the band a band and it's it's what makes the band good is like that we you know it's these five people that work so well together in my opinion but it's also like it takes a lot and it takes it takes a lot of time and effort and money and whatever and so it's just like i don't want to do all that and then not be able to tour again you know put another record out and still be in the same position where like we can't give it the full treatment because it was such a weird feeling to not be able to like play those the songs on our last record that we put up right before the pandemic like we couldn't play them live you don't realize how important that is until you can't do it and a big part of that whole process is like sharing it with people so but i had this batch of songs so i was like i'll just make i'll just make a solo record because the stakes are lower and it'll be fun it'll be something for me to do and like i can just do it however i want to the whole time I was making it, I was having so much fun. I feel like the record reflects like, how, you know, how much fun I had making it yeah, and, and just be me like not really thinking too hard about any of this. I did a lot of it in this room in my house. Now it's coming out and I'm like, oh, it is still an actual album. Initially, I was like, I don't think I'll do any shows. Like I'll um, just put it out. Maybe I'll play like one show in New York or something. And then I was like, ah, that doesn't feel right. You know, like I do, I do want to like do a little bit of touring. So I'm going to, I mean, it's any tour, but I'm going to do that. But yeah, just basically like this record would not exist if obviously if not for COVID. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, we would just have another real estate record. And by the way, the record's great. Uh, Trevor okay. sent it to me. Some of what I think I, I'm hearing you say sounds familiar, but like, you know, writing in a band context, it's just like incredible experience. Like if, obviously if it if it's uh, like a fruitful kind of collaboration, but it's always like a kind of chemical reaction and like you're still like dealing with all these personalities or whatever. And I mean... I'm like, you know, I'm familiar with real estate. You guys kind of popped off when I was in like first year university. And I remember like that record was, was like really a big deal. And like, it would be on it, like house parties, <laughs> like, and shit. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, like great band, like you guys are all super talented players, but there is this kind of like density almost to the sound I noticed versus like your solo record there's like a like a nimbleness to it like as far as the ideas and like moving between the ideas and even like you know on some songs like it feels like the vocals are a little bit more like clear and out front and there's more room to like focus on the lyrics in the like landscape of the song and then there are other songs where like especially like one guitar is really like kind of chiming in and like leading the rift and riff and uh i, I guess noted listening to the real estate that I've listened to that felt like a kind of interesting change up because it's not like a different style of music by any stretch of the imagination, but it is like, it's almost like you just have your fingers on the faders and like, yeah, there's this kind of nimbleness to like moving between different ideas, which I, I really appreciated. Well, that, thank you. Maybe the cliche is like, 
for someone in a band to make a solo record, it's because like they want to like indulge in like some weirder ideas or be experimental or something like. But for, for me, I like to write pop songs and like I like to write, you know, classic song structures. And like, that's just what I have fun doing. And uh, with I think like what's cool about real estate is like generally my songs will start off a lot more simple and then it gets run through this filter of like all these different minds like the songs get stretched out or like they'll, you know, we'll jam a little bit on, you know, in certain sections or like, yeah, it is, it does feel a little denser to me sometimes with the solo thing, at least with this record and the other one I made as well. Yeah. I'm like attempting to consciously just keep things as basic as I can. Although I think with this record, because this, this one that's about to come out, because I did a lot of it at home and like, I didn't really give myself any kind of deadline. I spent like a few months just like, layering like synths and guitars and piano and like just I, I think the songs ended up a little denser than they necessarily like I mean I think the record's good but I, I do think <laughs> like there there's there is actually like a density to some of the arrangements that I didn't intend um but I was kind of just like oh I'll delete that later I'll delete that later and then I kept a lot of the stuff in I felt the real estate drifting into a more dense kind of heady direction over the last few records which is fun and i think those records are good but like i do think after having made this solo record i'm like for the next real estate record (laughs) like i want to see how how sparse we can get it you know like actually the cola record is i was that was one of the things that i noted when i was listening to it is there's like a nice amount of space in it like each instrument is very well placed which is something that i always try to keep in mind myself when i'm you know especially when i'm doing things on my own like you know making sure each guitar is like filling its role and nothing is redundant or whatever and maybe because of like a lack of confidence in my guitar playing or something or I don't know what it is but like I I tend to to gravitate towards wanting like these beds of like strings or string synths or like organ or whatever like I like to have a uh, something for everything to rest on top of and at least from my listening to your record um i don't think i noticed a lot of that it felt it felt more kind of yeah it felt, i mean it was mostly like guitars and drums i mean i know there's some some synth and piano on there and stuff i heard as well but like it, it just feels sparse in a really nice way um or open or something like there's a, there's air in the in the mixes which i really like that was definitely like pretty intentional you know from the outset we were thinking about like i don't know bands like young marble giants or like some like you know later discord stuff like the evens or like the, this um band antelope that i remember like showing the guys like pretty pretty early on or like you know kind of flying nun stuff and the third full-length op record like we like ben and i being a part of that band like uh, kind of cranked up the production value more than on anything else that at least i had been a part of and uh, coming into this project and like writing we wanted to yeah maintain like a kind of nimbleness and like a really live organic kind of band sound and like kind of embrace the limitations of that i think we achieved we achieved that hey this is josh modell host of the talk house podcast we love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process And often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of The Talk House is brought to you by DistroKid. 
which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. They also make it easy to upload lyrics and metadata and to track your earnings and share them with your bandmates and co-writers. You can even snap on extras like Instant Share, which allows for easy collaboration. The DistroKid app makes it all a seamless experience that will save you a ton of time that would be better spent making music. The DistroKid app is now available on iOS. Head over to the App Store to download it. All bands and artists have jobs, right? Jobs they do like, others they don't. Times they're fucked up and they've had to face the boss with rosy cheeks and the tails between their legs. 101 Part-Time Jobs is the podcast where we hear those stories. I've had some killer guests on, like The Chisel, Chastity Belt, Real Estate, Kurt Vile, Mannequin Pussy, and so many more. If you subscribe to 101 Part-Time Jobs podcast, you'll be getting two episodes weekly. That's a promise. See you soon. I was going to ask you, like, the demos or whatever, the songs that you built remotely that stuff is not on the record, right? Like then were those, the stuff that you were doing, were doing remotely, was that like de- basically like demo writing, like, or it, did any of that end up like, as like, basically, did you spend time remotely getting the songs together and then you like went to a studio and made the record? Yeah. It was like very like, I guess old school. <laughs> it's impressive to me that you were able to like get full song band arrangements together I mean, obviously, I'm sure you you had some some time to rehearse the record before you went to the studio in person, but be able to start from scratch remotely and get to a point where like you, you, you've got a record like to me, that's not easy to do, especially when there are three disparate kind of brains involved. We definitely made the effort to like still get together like as often as we could and like to in our minds, like the song wasn't done until we workshopped it together in a room and sure. Yeah, I was I'm curious. It seems like from the outset, like you played with a pretty like constant group of people, but that it was your songs initially that people were playing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you were just talking like, you know, going into the pandemic, like you thought about making a real estate record and then you you decided to, to make a solo record for all the reasons that you enumerated. And I was just wondering, like, I mean, it sort of sounds like part of that is like a financial decision almost, right? Because like to to sort of move the forces that need to be moved to make a real estate record is going to be expensive. and. Yep. So I'm just wondering, is it still the, like, uh, is real estate like your project and like you kind of call the shots or do you have to kind of like navigate, like running a business with that many people? At this point, me and Alex are the only kind of uh, remaining original members of the band. However, like Julian, the the guitar player, um, I mean, he's been in the band at this point for uh, six years, you know, so it's been a really long time. And also we have known him since we were kids. So like, you know. And then Matt Coleman, our keyboard player, he's been in the band maybe a decade at this point. Like, so the band is in, so in our drummer, Jackson, <laughs> the, the guy who played on the last record, Jackson, um, he like, he completely understandably, as we were kind of booking all these tours and stuff for the record, he was like, I can't, he's like, I don't want to tour anymore. And we're like, all right, that's fine. So like he left the band and, but it was totally cool. Like we're obviously on, on good terms. So, but, so we do have a new drummer. Um, who we, who she joined the band like 
you know, with the intention of doing all, you know, basically she joined the band pre COVID and then, and then like the first show she played with, with us was last, was like last fall. So she's kind of in the band, but not, not in the band for a long time. But anyway, what I was going to say is like the, the band feels like creatively, it is very democratic. Like when it comes to certain like kind of decision-making things, it's, it's easier for it to just be Alex and I, like we, we, you know, like, so we'll like kind of answer the emails or whatever, but like we run everything past everyone. It's just like, rather than have five people on an, on an email chain with like management, <laughs> it's just the two of us. But like, yeah, like the creative, like the first two records we made, especially the first record, like I'll write these demos that were like fully fleshed out. And the way the records ended up sounding were like pretty close to like the initial idea that I had for what the song was. And as the band kind of coalesced into a like touring unit, it started to make a lot more sense for me to like kind of ease up on the kind of whatever preciousness that I kind of held over these songs. I started writing kind of less fleshed out demos, kind of more, you know, guitar or vocal. Like if I had a really strong idea for a lead guitar part or like a bass part or whatever, like I would record it but like trying to keep things more open to interpretation. And like, I feel like we've gone further and further in that direction over the last few records. But like I was saying before, I really enjoyed making this, re this solo record so much. Um, and also like, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm, I'm coming back to a point where like, cause it's always been mostly, you know, 90% my songs on these records and like, it's totally 100 million percent a band really you know real estate is and like i i'm really looking forward to getting together with those folks like pretty actually i think we're, we're planning on getting together this summer to start rehearsing the next record i have like a large batch of songs i've written over the past few months that are like more you know the demos are more fleshed out i want to go back to seeing what it would be like to having like a more um like you said like uh having the end result in my I, don't, I forget how you put it like in mind like from the from the start um kind yeah, of not, begin with the end in mind yeah begin with the end in mind i like that so that's that's what i'm trying to do is kind of have a vision for this record you know from the beginning and like i have a pretty strong idea of what i want this album to be which is like an album of three or four minute pop songs <laughs> the way i justify it in my head is like i have like the next two records plotted out in my head it's like because we've always done this thing where like we'll have you know a couple really concise pop songs on a record we'll have a couple like more jammier stretched out kind of songs maybe we'll have an instrumental like there'll be like this wide variety of like i mean i guess that's up for debate but in, in my mind our our, our our records there's a variety in the, in the types of songs that are on them like i mean in my head i can hear the the different types of songs that we write so now my idea is like all right the next record we make will be like just pop songs like that sounds super fun to me to make an album like that and then i want to make an instrumental record like which is something that we've always wanted to do and kind of just indulge both both sides of what we like to do but kind of separate it into two albums I want to make an album of like verses and choruses, you know, <laughs> and I think in order to achieve that and do it and do it well, I think it's going it, to, that will require like kind of a stronger hand from me in terms of like in just guiding the process, because like, otherwise I don't, I don't want it to get into a territory where we lose focus. I think like we'll make an instrumental record where it's like, it is more just pure collaboration, you know, potentially going into the studio with like just fragments of ideas. That also sounds incredibly fun to me helps for me to like be able to com compartmentalize it and be like we'll do the one thing and then we'll do the other thing instead of trying to do both things and then 
having having the ideas become diluted or whatever yeah totally i mean it is it's kind of just like a fact of life that like you know the the more people that are involved in the kind of like creative decision making process like just the more that you have to like take the good with the bad as far as like managing like the the extra energy and the extra input and then also like managing the kind of like discrepancies there like when people want to go in different directions or like feels like almost what you're describing is there's like a thing that the band does and that's like a good thing but if you want to not just like default into your like comfortable zone that also takes someone to like really put a line in the sand or whatever that's part of navigating that whole thing and like being in a band but i also really like what you're talking about kind of taking the like the long view you know like uh do like one record where you like really dig in and on on an idea and i think especially like coming from the tradition that like maybe i'm more situated in like i think a lot of there's like an element of like going into a song of like what what will be like um the the kind of the different idea or the you know kind of anything's on the table you know like i mean when we were mixing this record we were also like listening to like faust and stuff like that because we were like you know anything could happen and would you guys do from the outside it looks like you sit you you really like hit on a sound and like (laughs) and you're you know what's exciting about listening to a lot of these records back to back is like you're you're really like um getting like granular with like the little ideas that you explore and then there's obviously the kind of just inherent like craft of like writing these melodies on a guitar and like so it is kind of like a, a fairly different approach to like some of the stuff that that like cola does and i do and uh but i was in, i was you know interested to have this conversation because of course like i just feel like there are going to be things that we would link up on like i i remember i read that you like you guys really like the feelies and i know that that would definitely be like a place of common interest or um I've, i was listening to your record and i was like this guy has to like the clientele oh my like, god yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like primordial band for sure. Like uh, in, in terms of like influence. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned Flying Nun earlier too. Like, I, you know, I love that, like the bats and, and uh, you know, the clean and all that and whatever the, those, of course, big time. But yeah, do, do you feel like you have um, like a, an awareness of that in your own career? Because it seems like you hit on, you hit on this sound like pretty early, like you were, you were in college, right? Right out of college when we started this band. Right. Okay. Yeah. So do you feel like as a creative, like as a songwriter, that's like where you draw a lot of your, I don't know, inspiration in as far as like thinking of your own growth as a songwriter, just like, yeah, like getting into these kind of like granular, like ideas of like ways of thinking about a song or whatever, instead of like, I'm going to scrap everything. And now it's just like, it's a synth, it's a synth record, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there's like a repeated criticism that I've ever seen of our band, it's like, oh yeah, another real estate record. It's good. But like, it's like, it sounds like real estate and that's, I think that's, that's fine. Like, I think it's good to have a sound. Like you mentioned the clientele, it's like, you know, they have a sound um, and that's good. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say like, for me, like what's exciting is yeah. Like the different types of songs that you can write and like, yeah. Thinking about song structure and thinking about like kind of the function of a verse or a chorus, like, and how they work together and what you're kind of trying to achieve in the juxtaposition or not having a juxtaposition and keeping whatever something as simple as like keeping the same chord progression for the verse and the chorus, you know, and like, but changing the vocal melody or like throwing a pre-chorus in there and throwing something else in there. Like, yeah, that it is granular. I do. I will admit, like, I, I, I think more about, and yeah, things I can do with my voice in terms of, you know, melody and like, but even just like what it you can achieve by like going different places in, uh, with 
with the voice, you know, up or down, like how the, how the melody kind of complements the song and like, and how you can use that to like, whatever, come up with new ideas for writing pop songs. But what's exciting to me is like, and then in, in terms of like arrangements, like just trying to maybe get further away from something that could be described as like indie rock uh, and, and more into like a, a genreless realm of like, just these are songs and these are the arrangements that this is a band that's playing music like that, like early on with real estate, it's like, you know, I feel like a lot of delay on the guitar, a lot of reverb or whatever, a lot of like phaser, like there were like certain like kind of affectations that we would use to kind of like conjure a style but like it's obviously like the most important thing was always that the songs have to be good because that's you know there could be like 10 bands that are that you know are using the same guitar effects or whatever or like kind of drawing from the same set of influences i mean that's, that's another reason though why i like to have a, a band and have other people around me when i'm making music is because like that makes it easier free frees up my brain to just focus on songs the melodies and the the kind of the structure of the song and then hopefully like you know the band can help me like make the song sound interesting and and you know and we can work together to make the arrangements good although at the same time I do I do really enjoy working on arrangements too but like whatever production to me is like it's both exciting and also like it's it's something that I sometimes feel like maybe I'm best suited to collaborate uh, in that, in that world. Uh, cause otherwise I probably, every record that we've ever made would probably just sounded like the feelies or something like, you know, like just chugging acoustic guitar and like, you know, electric lead over it and whatever, some hand percussion or something. It's good to have like a home plate to, to come back to someplace to, that you can always uh, touch in with or whatever when you're writing. Yeah, I mean, that's actually what I was going to say. Like, this idea that we have for this next real estate record of, like, you know, having it be more kind of uh, guided by, like, my hand or, like, just just being, being more focused in terms of the overall sounds that you're going to hear on the record and, and you know, where the songs are going to go. To me, like, that is a reaction to where we've been. Like, it's, it's actually, like, that would be, like, a change for us um, because we kind of expanded and expanded I think over the last few records, at least that's how it feels from the inside. So to me, it's like, it would be a change to, to allow ourselves to be more focused. So are you guys going to, you're obviously going on tour. Like, are you thinking about the next record yet? Yeah, we've already started writing it. I think we're going to play a couple new songs in the set. The record we made is 35 minutes. So they're going to take the opportunity to play some new songs. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's such a fresh project. So there's still this like, you know, kind of, honeymoon period of just like being excited about writing and evan the drummer he's gonna write he's gonna contribute some more like um keyboard stuff and guitar stuff he's like a really talented guitarist as well so yeah it's all all exciting and yeah i guess we're supposed to be talking about the records we're like we're, we're pro we're doing promotion here right this is marketing <laughs> we're just shills yeah man we're yeah on no one cares about about you know our artistic uh, practice or hopes and dreams for the future. They just want to hear us uh, sling records, right? Yeah, man. That's, that's what, that's what the people want. No, I've really enjoyed the conversation and just, uh, you know, getting to hear a little bit more like your perspective on 
songwriting, like working within a band dynamic and totally a pleasure to meet you. And like, uh, definitely like really enjoyed the record and everyone should, uh, everyone should listen to Martin's new album, Magic Sign. Cola guys, go, go see him on tour. Yeah, no, for real. It was nice. It was nice meeting you and talking to you. Thanks for listening to the TalkHouse podcast, and thanks to Tim Darcy and Martin Courtney for chatting. If you liked what you heard, please follow TalkHouse on your favorite podcast platform and check out the great new records by both of this week's guests. This episode was produced by Myron Kaplan, and the TalkHouse theme is composed and performed by The Range. See you next time.